walks of Cape Side. Yes. And Jen wanders up with a huge open <laughs> sandwich in her hand. She says, bite of my subway for your troubles. And it's like, really? You want him to dig his mouth into your giant, like, baguette full of lunch meat that you've got? And then just eat the other end? Are you sure? Jen, where did you get the sandwich? <laughs> And then she, like, casually puts it on the rail of the yeah, dock. And it's like, a seagull is going to have that in two seconds. She just, like, gently places it on the handrail. And I just, it's like, why did they force her to have this weird prop sandwich? Okay, little friends. And by little friends, Zoe is talking to her toes, (laughs) toes. which are demolished. (laughs) I broke my right uh, fourth toe. Oh, my God. I should have. Do I have the piece of paper that they gave me? The, like, medical name for what I did is ridiculous. That'd also be good because if you want, like, a second opinion, maybe if any of our listeners are medical doctors, they could be like, hey, (laughs) do this. All right. Here we go. Hold on. Does it say? Yes. It's a transverse fracture through the mid-shaft of the the fourth proximal phalanx. uh, Oh. And it's identified with lateral displacement of the distal fracture fragment. Joint spaces are preserved. Soft swelling is identified. I love (laughs) some soft swelling when I can get it. Happy Friday. Um, no, we, um, we know you've been scooting around on skates and like <laughs> kicking evil in the face. Is that how you hurt your toe? No, ma'am. I did it on the coffee table. Mm. I went from zero to 100,000 miles an hour uh, <laughs> getting off the couch and going to take a shower. And I stubbed my toe and it broke. <laughs> This is not the highlight of that story, but I do always feel like I'm always worried in case I would get like previously injured or sick when I needed to shower and hadn't had the chance yet. So I feel like that's my worst nightmare. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this wasn't so, so bad because it was just a toe, but I was pretty stinky when I went to urgent care. Not going to lie. And then uh, I went to urgent care and the lady was like, you know, you can, um, she like taped it up, taped my toe up. And then said, um, you know, try and keep it dry. You know, if you need to shower, like, just don't get it wet or whatever. Yeah. Um, she was like, if you can avoid taking a shower before you see ortho, which is, I don't I don't even know what. Orthopedic? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I went to the next day. And she was like, if you can avoid showering until then. I was like, I really can't. <laughs> Did you? So I know when Mike had his foot all wrapped up, we would just put him in the tub with his one foot hanging over the edge in a plastic bag. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. It's pretty hot stuff, right? <laughs> Very hot stuff. I mean, you and Mike now have a connection that I can't even fathom. And we will be running foot away injuries. together. Um, I mean, he posted a comment on your Facebook wall with a winky face. So <laughs> I, I, you can't pull the wool over my eyes, Zoe Hyde. That was very, actually, that was the first time. Because, like, even though this this physical trauma has not been that big a deal, it's just a toe. It is my mm-hmm. first break. And it happened very suddenly. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't even like... Even if I had done it roller skating, that still would have been like, that's a risk I took. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, right. I did it getting off the couch. So 
Um, should have stayed on that couch. Seriously. Uh, 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 but so there was like a bit of a, a dep- oh, also I was in like the first day of my period. So this week Ooh. has been like, a <laughs> I was like very sad the first three days. Um, obviously coming into an upswing now, but, um, anyway, that, that I was very grateful from that, uh, uh, comment from Mike. Cause that was the first time I like sort of laughed about it for real. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I know, too bad he doesn't have his boot anymore. You guys could have had, like, little matching, like, holiday card pictures. Oh, that would have been so sweet. I tell you what I do have, though, is a stool that I sit on in the shower. (laughs) Yes, we still have ours. Oh, God. Sometimes I use it as, like, a bedside table if I want to really, like, settle in on the toilet. And I'm, like, (laughs) don't want to have to worry about where I'm going to put things. Honestly, I used it for the first time uh, the day before yesterday, and... Or yesterday, rather. And um, shaving your legs. Kind of a game changer. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, it's like way easier. Recommend. Incredible. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, What have you been doing, my sweet? Same old, same old. Just rocking out with your cocking out? (laughs) My cockerel out, yeah. (laughs) Today I uh, continued my journey of wanting to flip off people that I see in MAGA hats when I'm running and losing... (laughs) Uh, courage and just giving them a very emphatic down uh, thumbs down thumbs down <laughs> mm, I tell yes, you and what. I make that noise too I go mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so pathetic why can't I just lift them off I don't know why I'm so scared it is kind of scary because you never know exactly I mean they're all old like I don't think they could catch me but <laughs> <laughs> one of them has a walking stick I don't want him to like trip me <laughs> you never know those wily old uh, MAGA people Right, right. You could have, like, a whole pulley system set up that, like, opens a pit that I would fall into. <laughs> it's covered in spikes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's tough. I don't know. Like, I would definitely have trouble with that, too. It's so hard to confront, like, just, like, randos out in the world. Like, I sometimes feel that way when it comes to, like, parents that are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, not being great about their kids. Like, I never say anything. And I've never seen like someone actually strike a child but there's the thing of like oh you're being kind of a dick right now to your child you know what i mean oh we had one of those when it was so warm enough we went swimming with the dog and uh there was this it was incredible because my allegiance was with a man Ooh. uh there was this couple who was swimming with their really little girl and i guess like the uncle like threw her in the air and she's like don't throw me don't throw me i don't want to be thrown and he threw her and the dad was like hey if if, you know if you tell someone you don't want to do something they have to respect that and they can't and the mom was like when you baby her this is and the dad was like i'm gonna fight you or the uncle was like i'm gonna fight you and the dad was like i've had it with this (laughs) really escalated but uh, yeah no kidding (laughs) i was like swimming around being like Okay, intervention <laughs> strategies, distract, distance, document. <laughs> I was so ready to be like, oh, I think I lost my sunglasses over here. Can I come and splash around and break up this fight? Thank you. But luckily they they figured it out amongst themselves. But good. you didn't have to get involved with your with your training. Exactly. That's good. Um, what else? What else do we have to address? Uh, I mean, we can move on soon, but I know you're injured, but you're still glowing. I don't know what your skin always looks incredible. Thank you so much. I have a number of serums. (laughs) 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 Unctions. Unctions. Potions. I love putting a serum on. Like using a dropper makes me feel Uh, like I'm a 
Like, I'm a chemist in, like, 1920s England. I have this little bottle. I'll post a picture of it on Inst- on our Instagram. It's yes. a, Okay, what it is is, is like, coconut oil, probably. It's, like, mm. it was an extremely expensive uh, unction that I purchased mm-hmm. from a company called Fur that uh it's, it's oh yeah 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 it's suppo- I've seen the, i get those targeted ads yeah yeah and i was like yes that is me correct uh and this one's supposed to help with ingrown hairs and the mm-hmm. i also bought like a cream or whatever that also doesn't do anything it's just like a moisturizer but this tiny it's like this big it's a tiny little round so it really looks like a little oh. tiny potion bottle and it's got a little mm-hmm. dropper it does <gasps> absolutely nothing nothing at all <laughs> but Wow. Well, okay, we could have gotten sponsored by fur, but now you've ruined it. I will not sell a product that doesn't work. Gabrielle. Um, so I went like 110% with this Google document, and I even deleted some stuff, and there's still a lot of stuff on here because I had a little too much free time today. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, we might be skipping past a few things, lickety split, but before we do that, I just want to say, gentle listeners, welcome, or welcome back to Sun Dappled Cape Side. I'm Zoe. And I'm Gabby. (laughs) And this is Dawson's Creeps, reviewing every episode of Dawson's Creek in chronological order, spoiler free. Uh, I don't know if you had anything particular from the document that you wanted to share. Nah. Okay, great. My plan was to be like, hey, I signed up to be a poll worker for the election. And I don't mean a stripper poll, but there's no shame in that. But I mean a voter person. But I haven't done it yet. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Uh, So I'll stick a link in there. If you are... Uh, like able of body and not immunocompromised so that you can be uh, working at the polls for the the election. I know when I went and voted in the MA primary, MA, uh, <laughs> it was like all elderly people. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. Like, I'm so happy you're here. It's so nice. But like, you shouldn't have to be here. You're in the the risk group. Right. So. so yeah, just think about it, you know, just think about it. I feel like we talked a lot about Jacob Blake last time, but there's just something that I really want to say. Um, so apologies to our listeners if this is like a traumatic thing to keep talking and thinking about. You can fast forward a few seconds. But um, I just am, I think all of our listeners, you know, are of the opinion that the police shouldn't just kill anyone no matter what they've done. <laughs> right. So that's cool. I'm glad we're all on that same page. But, and I, this kind of died down, but all the reporting on like, there was a knife in the car. Oh, there God. There was a knife. In the car. And just as someone who lives in a rural area, like, you hit three and they strap a knife to your belt because you have to be able to, like, cut ropes. And, like, if you find a deer down, you got to cut its antlers off. And it's just, like, that makes sense. Like, in this area, everyone has a knife. Yeah. So I just want to say that and just have it be said because it was eating me up inside. My dad has... So many knives. And he lives in Newton, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. True. Like, having a knife in your car is not... Also, like, they shot him, what, seven times? What was he going to do? What was he going to do? Throw the single knife like a fucking right. st- like ninja star? Right, right. Like, in the Matrix, where it's going to, like, stab seven people and, it, like, chung, 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 Yeah, chung. exactly. Like, he's he will never walk again. That's what the doctors say, anyway. But, yeah. it, he it, like, it's not girl. It's not the same thing. Nope. I hate nope. that And also, like, the they obviously bullshit. had no way of knowing. Actually, okay, I might be lying. I think he might have told them he had a knife in the car. But if he did that, it's because he was trying to be, like, a good citizen and be like, let me tell you what's what. Right. But I actually don't remember where I read that. So I don't know if he did that. But if he didn't, they had no either. way of knowing. And if he did... 
there are still racist monsters. Um, so that's why we should all be poll workers, uh, working that poll to raise funds for him <laughs> and also helping make sure we elect everyone fairly. And by everyone, I mean anyone who's not Trump. That's right. Uh, Zoe, have you like watched anything fun or read anything fun? Oh, girl, you know that I'm cranking through that Star Trek next gen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good still. I think, uh, I don't know how many episodes are in the first season. I'm in like, like episode 20 or something like that. Um, yeah it's like a Buffy style like every episode every season is like 2022 I figured still really enjoying that I think Jordy is my favorite character currently um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but anyway don't want to don't want to dwell too much on Star Trek because I know that that's a that's a, a hole we could get sucked in for quite a while sure um but sure. that's what I've been watching uh what about you well actually I, we this is related because I rewatched. well I started and then certain people who are not me were falling asleep. So we had to postpone to finish it. But we were watching, rewatching The Matrix uh, for the first time. And I was like, had my like trans detective uh, oh. micro- uh, microphone. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Mag- looking, Mag- looking glass. Magnifying, magnifying glass. glass. Yeah. Um, so everything that happened, I was like, oh, oh, Michael, Michael. Mm, mm, <laughs> wake up, wake mm, up. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so that was just an interesting thing because I think since then at least one of the Wachowski sisters has said specifically that it is like an allegory for being trans. So oh, really, that's cool. That was really interesting. And then I, I, we also were talking about like if we were plugged into the Matrix, like in those weird egg things where you're just like you know your body is being a battery. Like what our like ideal Matrix scenario would be to get plugged into. And I feel like of all the TV shows that I love, Star Trek Next Gen is the one that I would be like. I want to live in that world. Mm. Like, plug me into that in the Matrix. Like, I love, for example, Buffy, since you're at Sunnydale High right now via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would never want to live. Too stressful. That. It's so stressful. Whereas Star Trek is like, we're all professionals and we all get along and support each other. And we're on a mission to expand knowledge, <laughs> but like in a chill way. Yeah. We were watching, because I've been putting it on, you know, uh, we have a TV in the, in the boudoir and I've been putting it on. <laughs> Uh, because I've been in bed, like, since Sunday when I broke my toe. And so Chelsea's, she's been, like, in the room, but not really watching, but, like, kind of watching. And the other day she was like, why is Riker so sensual? He's so hot. (laughs) She, like. he doesn't even have the, he doesn't even have the beard yet for you. I know. He, he, but she wasn't saying it in, like, a positive way. She doesn't like that he's so (laughs) sensual. But I was like, first of all. Please don't say anything bad about Riker because I will fight you. <laughs> don't say nothing bad about my baby. Exactly. Like this, this is grounds for divorce. <laughs> and he really like that chowder thickens up as the seasons go on. <laughs> and it's great. I, I mean, the thing is, okay, again, we can't spend too <laughs> yeah, long on Star Trek. But the thing about it is, is that he's just down for whatevs. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a, a predatory, um, it's not a like a heterosexual predatory feeling. Like he, mm-hmm. the sensualness is for everyone at all times. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's always microdosed on something. So yeah. just anything that anyone brings to him, he's like, mm, "Per kitty likes." Okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, today we are going to talk about uh, Dawson's Creek season two, episode twenty one. Ch 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 changes. Turn and face. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe they fucking called it that because it looks real dumb. <laughs> I know. This episode first aired May 19th, 1999. 
On this day, uh, Andrew Motion was appointed British laureate, British poet laureate for 10 years. He was the first person to request a definite term. So I guess he was like, sure, I'll be the guy, but only if I can do it for 10 years. <laughs> and then I copy and pasted an excerpt from a poem from him. I don't know why. I was doing a lot today, <laughs> but I'm just going to read the last uh, the last stanza because I think it's nice. And so we can get a little flavor of that. Actually, Zoe, do you, will you read it since yes. you're good at everything? Oh, your head is gone. It's oh, here. It's here. It's here. Uh, yeah, it would be my honor to read it. Um, just the, wait, Let's just do the last stanza. Okay. A breath of ash. <laughs> A breath of ash pours continuously over his shoulder from the pan he carries before him, like a man bearing a gift in a picture of a man bearing a gift. Bongos, bongos, bongos. Um, That same day, Candy Candido, 85, who was an American radio performer, bass player, and voice actor, Deadsville, uh, and... Truly most important of literally anything, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace premiered. Who can forget that classic? Me and my brother were just young enough to be like, it, I guess it's good. <laughs> wow. Jar Jar Banks, what a performance. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that a young uh, Gabby and Kyle weren't more, um, I don't know, I guess snooty. <laughs> Uh, my brother was like incredibly into it. We had a lot of Jar Jar Binks paraphernalia, and I think I liked Queen Abadala and all her sure. costume changes. Who didn't? Uh, she had spunk. She had spunk. Zoe, can you tell us a little more about this episode per se? It would be my literal honor. Uh, it's directed by Lou Antonio. Good old Lou. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Dana Barada and per IMDb. <clears throat> Concerned for Andy's well-being, Jack phones their phones their father, who arrives back in Capeside, where he announces that he intends to take both Andy and Mrs. McPhee to Providence for treatment in a mental hospital. Both Jack and Pacey are stunned at the news, which leads to Pacey and Andy to decide <laughs> whether her mental wellness is more important than being together. Jack must also decide if he wants to go with Andy and their mother or stay alone in Capeside. Meanwhile, Dawson is preparing his film class's final exam by videotaping all individuals involved. What? <laughs> as well as helping Joey's father, Mike Potter, extend the ice house for Bessie. After being shunned by everyone, <laughs> Jen wonders where she'll live after her parents tell her by phone that she is not welcome to come back to New York. Dear Incredible. God. Incredible. Uh, Both Bessie and the mom are more prominently featured in this recap than in the episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I really don't know why they refuse to show Mrs. McPhee. I, I get it with the baby uh, because it's hard to like have a baby on set. And I get why they can't show the mom like too, too much because then all we'd think about is how these two children have to play nursemaid to their um, mentally uh, um, disabled mother. But like, she should have been in this one probably, right? Like she's getting taken back to (laughs) to a different city. Well, especially because the dad at one point is like, leave you here alone? And it's like, Papa, you left them alone (laughs) with this woman that they were caring for, not the other way around. I know. I mean, that like, we'll obviously get get into it. But uh, that whole thing was like, well... 
You did, though. You already did do that. So. Yeah, that's, that's the past tense, my mon frere. Yeah, it's a little too late. Um, we're going to open up again in Dawson's room. He's watching Casablanca. And, like, he's this is part of his uh, final project for his film class is to, like, compare his life to Casablanca. <laughs> Which is like, that is clearly an assignment designed to generate a television show episode and not to test someone's knowledge from this film class. Exactly. Like, that doesn't make mostly any sense. <laughs> I just hate that we open up with Dawson's interior monologue, like, playing and, like, it's like we're communicating mind to mind, and I don't I know. want that. Like, I, I want his mouth to be moving if I'm hearing what he has to say. Then, whatever, we find out that... So he's, like, trying to compare his life to uh, Casablanca, but he's having trouble. Joey's there, too. He's like, uh, maybe I'll film you or whatever. Hold on. No, first, sorry. The only thing I have to say about this scene is that um, he's, like, talking about... He's like, why is this so hard for me to do? Joey's like, I don't know. It should be a no-brainer for you, blah, blah, blah. And then Joey's like, why don't you just, I don't know, interview somebody? And I just want... <laughs> I just wanted to... To just bring attention to the acting just in that moment. Just some hot <laughs> acting. Why don't you just, I don't know, interview somebody? <laughs> well, it's also an incredible suggestion. Like, your teacher has given you a written final, and you come in and go, I know that this was a thing where I was supposed to compare and contrast using examples from the <laughs> film, and instead I, you know, <laughs> interviewed somebody. I just mm, interviewed somebody. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, then that's when he's like, maybe I'll interview you. And right. she is like... Basically, like, been there, done that. You already made a movie about me without my consent. So, quote, find another sucker, which I did appreciate. I did, too. Um, But, yeah, they kind of land on, like, you know, that's what he's going to do. He's going to somehow submit this video art in a, instead of this take-home test that he had. Yeah. And that he believes that that will garner him extra points for some reason. I mean, I guess his first try at it was like a diatribe against Miss Kennedy, who's his teacher. So this probably will fare better than that. But it's still not. It's not the final. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I just think that needs to be said. And I'm glad that we've said it. Um, (laughs) Said it. I get it. Then we get the theme song. uh, And then when we come back from that, we are watching Andy walk into the kitchen at the McPhee Manor. (laughs) Um, and daddy's here. Daddy's home from Rhode Island. (laughs) Wearing like the epitome of like a dad polo shirt. The, everything they put this man in is like, first of all, it's not even, um, flattering any of it. It's just like super golf dumpy town USA. (laughs) Yes. Especially because they tuck the polos into like pants with a belt so you can really like trace the outline of his gentle beer belly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's rough. It's a rough look. Like he's not that bad looking of a guy, but they really dump him up. Yeah. Well, I guess because he's like such a hateful, terrible dad that that has to be reflected on the exterior in some way. That's true. I'll give you that. Let's see. So Jack called, as we talked about in the last episode, Jack called daddy um when uh andy had her breakdown last time yeah um and he's here and he wants to take everyone away he wants everyone to move back to providence with him uh andy and jack and the mom everyone the whole shebang get the family get the band back together again (laughs) right which i'll say like that does, because, like, Andy comes in and she is sort of annoyed that he's there and that uh, Jack called him and she's like, look, 
look, Pacey and Jack were here and uh, they helped me through my rough week. So I don't really need you here. And it's like, OK, Andy, but like more than a rough week, more than a rough week. Right. But I totally agree. Like the solution is not ripping her away from everything she knows and all her support systems and all her routines in a way that makes her feel powerless and out of control. Like that's not a solution. No. And also, you don't have the right to demand anything. <laughs> like, yes. you have not been around. So nope. the only way you knew about this was because uh, Jack called you terrified and didn't know what to do. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's probably good that he's taking some kind of action with the mom just because, like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be on the shoulders of her two kids to, like, be the full time caretakers for her. But, right. Yeah, he's a. He's a real dumb dumb, real dummy dumb. Yeah, and so at that point, Jack's like, or because Jack called him, but he did not imagine that Daddy would come. Daddy McPhee would come and be like, "Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll uproot everyone and sell mm-hmm. this house, and that'll work." Then we go to the high school where Jen and Dawson are storming down the halls, and um. Dawson is making the first of his many attempts to pitch this like interview idea to people about like how they've changed because this episode is called Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes. <laughs> um, and she says, oh, God, what is this? America's most heinous video moments, which, you know, got a chuckle from me. I got to say. <laughs> got to say. <laughs> um, and then she kind of is like, sure you can film me but it's a big joke because she then she just talks about her haircut what is she felicity come on (laughs) yeah she's like you know starts to fake cry it's like a cute little moment and jen is so rarely happy for any stretch of time that it's uh refreshing and exciting when she makes a joke absolutely I also love that she says when he's first asking, like, yeah, sure, let me reveal my deepest, darkest, most intimate secrets of the past year for your homework assignment. And that's basically what Gail did on, like, a large scale that she won her journalism award for. Like, uh, yes, but also, Jen, think about it. (laughs) Yeah, so this is another person that has turned down Dawson for this big interview thing. Uh, Jack is the next person that he hits up who also turns him down. Um, and he says, any day but today, I'd be glad to tell you about my well-publicized life changes, which I'm just wondering, would you? <laughs> yeah. Well. I why, why anyone would want to do that. Let me tell you about my first year being out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have skipped a, a couple. Oh, though. sorry. Uh, we're going to get a very short scene of him in the lunch line being like, Joey, are you sure? And she's like, stalking paparazzi, not your best look. Kiss, 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 goodbye. And then um, he hits up Pacey, and we have some very concerning, I thought, thought dialogue from Pacey about his ch 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 changes through the years. Oh, wait, I don't know that. Con- no, I did it right. He hits up Jack first, and then he hits up Joey, and then he hits up Pacey. Oh, weird. I don't have it in that order. Ooh, I guess one of us is wrong, and it's you. Um, <laughs> well, can't say I would ever agree with that, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but I'm. Let's right. just really focus in on this Pacey scene. <laughs> yeah. So whatever happens, he's hitting up, hitting up Pacey, um, and Pacey agrees to be interviewed. They go into an empty classroom. And, oh, God, he's like, uh, 
he's like, so how did you, Dawson asks Pacey, like, how did you turn your scholastic self right. around? Um, In kind of an insulting way. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Pacey calls himself a pariah, but still. Well, that's the toughest thing about, uh, like, Pacey's self-deprecating everything because people mm-hmm. just agree with him. Yep. And it's like, oh my God. And this is particularly heartbreaking. And the, the stuff that he says, which is like, I didn't do anything. It was all Andy. Like I was nobody until I met Andy. Um, all of that I found extremely realistic to stuff that a high schooler would say about their high school true, love. True. But yeah. it's it, still concerning. Yeah. It's not good. Like it, I, it's not something that I would recommend feeling or, no. <laughs> or something. Yeah. That's not concerning. Exactly. It's just like, I, I, it was realistic, but in a bad way. <laughs> well, it also made me think, like, maybe the Dawson's Creek writers are a little more nuanced than I give them credit for. Because later on, there is this element of Andy, like, choosing to leave. And she talks about it more in terms of, like, her mental health. But, like, that, I mean, that does seem like maybe if this is the extent of, like, how, like, a little bit codependent they are. I think mm. maybe she has the right idea that they need to, like, have some space. Mm, interesting. I didn't think about that. Good point. Yeah, I mean, so the two things that I found, like, most uh, unnerving was when he says that without her, he'd be repeating the 10th grade, which, like, maybe, or living under a highway, which I was sort of like, mm, don't think so. Yeah. And to Dawson's credit, he's like, she inspired you, but you did the work. Um, but still. And then he says, every day I wake up holding my breath, waiting for someone to expose my fraudulent act, you know, lock me up for it, figure out the whole thing's just a big lie. And it's like... Even if she's a positive influence, like, that's not a great way to feel in a relationship. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I I did want to say that I appreciate Dawson. Like, Dawson does a good friend. He is a good friend in this scene. He, like, when he figures out that uh, Pacey's having these feelings, he, like, stops the camera. And he's like, we can do this thing later. Like, what's going on with you, bud? That's true. Yeah. So I, I... you know, we don't get we don't get to give Dawson many props for being a good friend. So I did just want to mention that. <laughs> yes. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, we kind of end the scene with Pacey being like, I'm failing her. I'm failing her. And he like walks out into the hallway and runs into Andy. And this is when she like lays the the whole situation on him. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that her dad's going to make them leave. She says in this scene that she wants to stay and get help in Capeside. Right. Pacey points out she has a therapist there. Right. And Pacey's like, it's not over. It still isn't over. We're going to fight him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because what and there else? Was some good Andy, there was some good Andy acting here, too. Like, I think when she, it's, I think it's when she says, like, I want to stay here, get help here. I want to be with you. The thought of not being able to be together. And she, like, I'm putting no emotion in it. But she, like, <laughs> does some good cry acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, even nuanced or not, I... Did appreciate that they, that like over the course of the episode, Andy sort of changes her mind about leaving. Um, yeah. Because it seems like in the beginning, like you said, or well, like Andy just said, you know, she wants to stay and she's very upset, obviously, uh, understandably, that her dad is taking her, <laughs> ripping her away without her consent, basically. Yep. And I'm just going to spoil it. Towards, after, at the end, she sort of like decides that she should go. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that sort of process of decision making that the show went through. Yeah, it's less like simple and straightforward, but mm-hmm. more, I think, more realistic. Right, exactly. Um, she does say again, like, about her dad that he's the most stubborn man in the world. If he even thinks I should leave, I might as well start packing. And just like that sentence, I was like, wow, that's a nightmare person. Yeah, yeah. 
so that happens. Then we're going to go to uh, Jack, like, looking out at the water on the, on the docks. docks of Cape Side. Yes. And Jen wanders up with a huge open <laughs> sandwich in her hand. She says, bite of my subway for your troubles. And it's like, really? You want him to dig his mouth into your giant, like, baguette full of lunch meat that you've got? And then just eat the other end? Are you sure? Jen, where did you get the sandwich? (laughs) And then she, like, casually puts it on the rail of the dock. And it's like, a seagull is going to have that in two seconds. Gently places it on the handrail. And I just, it's like, why did they force her to have this weird prop sandwich? And you're probably thinking it's wrapped in paper, maybe no. in a bag. Nope. It is just a raw dog sub sandwich, submarine sandwich, laid an offering on this railing. And I love that she offers it to Jack like that's going to tempt him. You're like, well, I wasn't going to share my problems with you, but there's a sandwich in play, so... <laughs> I guess I would. Anyway. Gotta get that mortadello and butter or whatever you got in there. (laughs) This show does not know what to do with Jen Lindley at all. And I just can't get enough of it. But I think this idea of putting her with Jack is one of their brighter moves. Amen. Um, Because they are both similarly abandoned by parents uh, for now. Anyway, Basically, uh, uh, Jack tells Jen what the deal is. You know, daddy's taking us back to Providence. And Jen's like, or I'm sorry, Jack's like, hey, what about you? Are you just going to, like, do you just live at the Leary's now forever? Um, Yeah. And she says, ouch. (laughs) I appreciate it. And then she says, they made, or like, because Jeff's like, what about your mom and dad? And Jen says, they made it pretty clear how they felt about me when they sent me here. And I was just like, you are utterly fucking alone in this world. I know. It's, they really never process how dark that is. No, I really don't think so. And and first when I was like doing this transcript to like to prepare for the episode, I was like, Jack, do you really have to put your foot in and be like, you know, maybe it's different now. Maybe you've changed, but maybe all like I know you've changed. Maybe they've changed too, and they'll like want you back. But uh, it is because she also says to him, like, you know, maybe it won't be so bad. Like maybe Andy will get better. Maybe you and your dad will reconcile. To which he says, Yeah, right. Us in the Middle East, which was topical. Topical. Um. So I, I like that give and take of her being like, hey, maybe it's not so bad. And him being like, hey, you know, maybe you should try it with your parents again. And they both get soundly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but we're going to leave these two for now and hop on over to uh, Joey first handing a customer his food. And then Joey and Dawson like making out on top of this poor man's lunch. Like in the crook of his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I also was flabbergasted get a fucking room guys <laughs> like seriously geez. uh and then whatever blah 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 i guess yeah the they're expanding the uh the 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 fish ice hut house. yes the ice house <laughs> um it says that right there why did i not read it joey's like this is not my father he's turned into mr saturday night sitcom father of the year the man i know was this grumbling dejected mass of negativity and dawson says you mean a relative of yours was grumbling and negative nah not possible <laughs> so 
good. These are the moments where I like their friendship and yeah. I wish I didn't have to watch them like tongue each other down five times an episode. Oh, it really like I'm trying to be I'm trying to be fair to Dawson, but it really grosses me out. It, it's pretty gross. Uh, he just also has the look of like at 22 or whatever he was when they made this. He looks exactly like how all the boys in our grade looked in eighth grade somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's part of the grossness for totally, me. Totally, totally, totally. So then he like approaches her dad um, who is like working with his buddy who he met in the merchant marines which the only time like no offense to any of our listeners who served in the merchant marines but the only (laughs) other people I've ever heard of in the context of the merchant marines are all serial killers so oh my god what I don't even what is the merchant marines I think it's where you go when there's nowhere left to go okay (laughs) but again no offense to any of our listeners who served with the merchant marines I don't actually know I'm basing this on like I think that guy who killed all those nurses was in the merchant marines you know he like made like kept them in the room was like next and just killed them all uh so that's like my main association with the merchant marines but I think it's like you know being a like oh god I'm gonna mess this up like seafaring but you're not with the military you're like helping like ship goods but it's like more official than working for a private company I don't know that's okay you don't have to know (laughs) thank you Um, anyway this is where oh yeah go ahead no go ahead ahead. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so yeah he's working with his bud pete who he met in the merchant marines um uh, and right at this point i was like why the fuck are we meeting pete because he immediately leaves uh yep. so i was like great like he meets dawson he's like hi how you doing and then he just walks off screen i was like what the fuck but pete's helping him expand the the uh, fuck the ice house into <laughs> making it into a club or whatever your next set has to be just of the words ice house like memento <laughs> style so you can just look at it every time remember sammy jenkins um <laughs> and whatever dawson's like hi mr potter um, he wants to interview him basically because he's yeah. another character who's undergone ch-ch-ch-changes <laughs> um and he says he'll do it if pacey if, bleh, if dawson will help out with the renovations and according to our transcript yes mr potter hands dawson one of those i forget the name but you set it on top of like structures your building to make it sure it's level mm-hmm. and which i also i often struggle with the search for nouns and i don't remember what things are called what's it what's it called zoe well it's called a level <laughs> You know what? I knew Brian Hyde's daughter would know. <laughs> so, and Dawson similarly is like, "What? What is this? I do what not know." What does this do? <laughs> um, which I do appreciate that they, like, I, I think that this is very uh, emasculating uh, mm-hmm. for Dawson, and I appreciate that they like force him to go. Like, I like that he's not good at this, like for sure. And I like that Joey and her dad get to like kind of have fun with right, that. Exactly. It's cute. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the um, the exchange that's going to happen. Uh, Mr. Potter will let Dawson interview him, and Dawson's right. going to help <laughs> with the construction, I guess. Uh, speaking of structures, we go back to McPhee Manor, and I just <laughs> have to intro this scene because Jack opens the door to Pacey, and you can really tell that they were like firing on all cylinders with the screenwriting because he says, Pacey, from the look on your face, it looks like you've got some bad news. And it's like, do you want to say look again? Do you want to maybe like say like first looks or like, you know, look both ways? Do you want to throw that word in there one more time? I lo- Yeah. Uh, yeah. And th- that's not telegraphing anything at all to be like, oh, from the look on your face, it looks like you're coming to bring bad news. <laughs> 
Uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, I also like that Jack points out um, when Pacey's like, so why are you just like packing up in the dead of night? And Jack's like, my family's flair for histrionics. It wouldn't be a McPhee departure if we weren't doing it in the early dawn with like a few hours to prepare. <laughs> I, I really liked that shade upon his own family. I like that too. I also liked the way that he delivered it really like yeah. was realistic to me. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pacey's just sort of like, how do we stop this? What are we going to do? And Jack pretty much echoes what Andy has said, which is like, once daddy's made a decision. <laughs> like if he's going to brick us into a wall and raise <laughs> us with no more sunshine, we don't get another, <laughs> we don't get a say. That's just, that's just it. We just have to do what daddy wants. Speaking of daddy. Mr. McPhee, he comes. He shows up and Pacey introduces himself to him. Uh, and he's basically like, listen, I'm don't think you understand what's happening. I'm going to take her or whatever. Oh, and P- Pacey's like, I don't think you should uproot her from her whole entire support system that she has here. And Mr. McPhee says, are you suggesting those things are more important than family? And I was like, listen, like no offense, but maybe it is more important than like absent family who has been in another state uh, yep. from his like mentally yep. disabled wife and his high school yep. age children for a year. Like, yes. yeah, in that case, I would say it is more important. Than I would family. say absolutely. Yeah. And when he comes back, he's literally no help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And poor Pacey is trying so hard to like keep his temper and not like, I don't know, spit in his face, like certain English teachers, <laughs> like everything he says, he's like, no, sir, I understand. But like, and then at one point he's like, are you being selfish that you just don't want to lose her? And he's like, maybe I am. So I'm like begging for both of like, I'm, begging for both of us it's intense yes i also noted that when he's like because there's like a moment where he sort of pacey sort of stops and then he like sort of prostrates himself in that way where he's like yeah i am being really selfish you're absolutely right um like i don't know what i'll do if you take her so i'm begging you which is like very unpacey you know he has a lot of pride or whatever even though it seemed you know he would say that he doesn't, but he does, you know, in his own yeah, way, he does. Yeah. And rather than Mr. McPhee being like, you make a good point in that I've never been a father or just being like, wow, you really seem like emotionally devastated. He's just like, I'm sorry. My mind's <laughs> made up. Goodbye. Gabby, how many people have to tell you that once daddy makes a decision, <laughs> the decision is made. <laughs> I just like, and also I'm so confused about what, like, in the beginning of the season, they were like, daddy's with the business, but the business is failing. And now he's like, I can't leave my business. And they're like, we understand. We have two houses. <laughs> I'm very confused about what daddy is doing. Yeah. What is daddy doing? Uh, it is funny, though, that, like, at later, I think in a, in a couple scenes, or maybe it happened already. I don't know. Uh, Jack is like, you know, you can't, we can't move everything. And, and that's when... Uh, daddy says I can't leave my business and Jack's like start a new one (laughs) I know damn all right I mean clearly he's got an iron will that not even his blood relations can beg him to change so maybe he will maybe he could just start a new business like I think that's the kind of sociopath that does well I mean you know I don't know um the internet existed right he could be remote whatever there you go uh, we we bop over to the Leary household for just a few minutes for uh, Jen to do some incredible acting with a cordless phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My only note for this scene was just the word pain written over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Poor Jennifer. How I just like, oh, smash my finger. Um, I just want to be like you. I just want to break something. <laughs> um, ow. Um, Stop it. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, so she, we just get the scene of Michelle Williams acting against a large cord, cordless phone. And she's like, um, yeah, actually, the Leary is like, don't mind. And I could probably stay here forever. Um, but, like, also, could we talk about me coming home to, like, live with you and dad in New York? And then we're, like, left hanging about what happened. Uh, yeah. And I did just want to say there is one more thing that I did write about this. Oh, please. Uh, which is that the – so she says – Jen says – uh, mom, hey, Jennifer, meaning like her mom's like, who is this? And she's like, right. Jennifer. And then she says, yeah, I, fi- <clears throat> I figured that she might have called, which means that her parents know that Jen got kicked out by Grams and they don't contact her. <laughs> so no, I don't get it. These, don't get it. Her parents know that she's not at their gram- at her at their mother's house. But they don't try and get in touch with her. Like, I know cell phones aren't really a thing yet. And even if they were are, like, Jen doesn't have one. But, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> like, your kid could be on the street. It could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, she's squatting with, like, another family, which, like, luckily the Learys are loaded. But, like, IRL, there'd be a time limit on that. Right. Exactly. And, oh, God. And why didn't they call the Learys to be like, hey, I heard that my daughter's staying <laughs> at your house. Like, thank yes. you. And also, like, child. are you having a torrid le- lesbian romance with her? Please don't. <laughs> and while I have you on the line, <laughs> has she been like bending over to get stuff? Are you? you coming to anyone's window? Just, just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> are you building a mystery at all? <laughs> no. Okay. Great. Oh my god! I'm gonna listen to that song later. Um, so it's you building and hurting my finger. Dawson is. <laughs> building a stage and he like hits his finger with the hammer and he's like oh uh, I suck at this and then Joey like I know we've said this like the last three episodes but she like snail trails right up to him <laughs> and is so horned up like she's like oh yeah you need a makeover like tight shirt denim bad boy look crazy and then her dad walks up and that like kind of ends that but she's just like horned to the hilt for him no. failing at construction <laughs> So true. Uh, uh, so in Dawson's defense, I will say, I don't think that you can just like start building things. Like I think no. you have to be taught construction stuff. It's not Absolutely. like inherent. Um, so I will say that's kind of unfair because I didn't know what I was looking at. When, <laughs> like, and I don't no, know. I was like, about. is this a floor? Is this a stage? Right. I don't know. It's just like a bunch of boards and nails. I don't know. I mean, like right when he walks away, um, Joey and her dad are like, Joe, her, the dad's like, uh, that's not going to work. And Joey's like, I know, don't say anything, and which is, like, cute, but it's, it's also, like, cute. so you just didn't give him any instructions. You were just, like, build a stage. I know. And then they're like, he doesn't know how to build a stage. It's like, why would he? Why would he know that? He's doing better than I would do. You know? I'll give him that. Absolutely. Um, then we go, then we, like, slowly move into, oh, God, sorry. <sighs> I mean, it's a pretty boring interview. It's just it is. Mr. Potter saying the same stuff he always says. This was kind of another episode where I was like, Joey and Dawson kind of don't need to be here. <laughs> like, we, yep, yep. like, we kind of don't need them, but whatever. Well, I mean, they need to be here because later Pete has the most incredible line I've ever heard. So I'm glad that they were there just for that. True. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the interview happens or starts to happen, really. Um, uh, and if, but like, Okay, so Joey knows that Dawson is looking to interview someone that's had a big change over the past year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to describe that change, 
probably in detail. So yep. when he agrees to be interviewed by Dawson, one would assume that he was probably going to talk about his incarceration. <laughs> right. I, mean, I think the implication, and also if I'm doing some work for the writers, is that she's like so happy about how well things are going that she is sort of like in denial about all this stuff even existing. So mm. it like kind of, I mean, it's not, it doesn't really work, but like, I don't know. It's something though. It is something. Yeah. So then she like storms off when he's like, you know, I made so many, so many mistakes. How could anyone ever forgive me? And then we take a break from them and we go to Mr. McPhee and Jack. This is when they yeah. have the conversation of like, I can't leave my business, start a new one. Cause Jack is like, what, what if you, what if you stayed with us? Yeah. Daddy? Daddy? Please, Daddy. <laughs> and he says, point blank, if you really loved us, like, you'd stay. You'd figure out a way to make this work. Yes. Um, which often I do not agree with because I was raised by my mother and I believe, like, you know, pragmatically, you know, that's not always the truth. But in this case, I do think it's like both of your high school aged kids, like, you can't just rip them out of school just because it's, like, kind of inconvenient. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm with Jack on this one. For um, sure. I mean, you can afford to, like, keep two separate houses. You can afford to choose to close a different one. Right. Or move closer. Like, could, uh, Providence and the Cape are, like, kind of far, but you could find like something. A middle. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, or at least just, like, have a conversation so they don't feel like they're coming up against a brick wall and have no say right. in their own destiny. Yeah, I guess that's really the issue here is that he's, like, not even pretending that they have any say in their own lives. Yeah. And they're, like, very... Yep. They're like old, old children. Like they're teenagers. Yeah. You know. Well, that gets especially scary when he's like, yeah, Andy and your mom can get the help they need. And like, you're certainly not going to get the help you need here in Cape Side. And Jack's like, help? Like, what kind of help? And McPhee, er, Daddy McPhee is obviously like, you know, wants to take him to like gay conversion therapy, which is scurry. Very scurry. I, so scurry. In fact, like I've even seen this show before and I did not know what he was talking about at first. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I know what's about to happen in this storyline. And I still was like, what help does Jack need? <laughs> totally yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. People should look into like gay conversion therapy and all the fucked up stuff they do. And even if it's like the best case scenario, it just gives you like a very bad, like, it messes with your mental state and that's yeah. like the best version of it where they're not like doing like really fucked up stuff to traumatize you. Right. Uh, I checked and But I'm a Cheerleader came out the same year. So I don't oh. know if they're working from that or what. Nice. That's also about gay conversion therapy, but in a fun way. <laughs> so uh, Jack in the end, after that, he's sort of like, uh, they they talk about that momentarily where uh, Mr. McPhee is like, yeah, you can help, you can talk to someone and help figure out your problem. And Jack's like, How you're mm. c- confused with these gay ideas. <laughs> right. And Jack's like, all right, well, I don't have a problem. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he like sw- quickly switches the conversation back to Andy, which uh, read, read as very realistic to me. I like that a lot. Also, <laughs> just good brother to be like, I'm not yeah. going to indulge this because we have to worry about Andy right now. Totally. It's just like, you know what? We don't even have time for that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, but he advocates, too, for Andy being like, let her make the decision. Like, it's, you know, it's her mental health. So yeah. no matter what decision you make for her, if it's the wrong one, it'll it'll She'll be pay. way worse. Yeah. 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 I like that he ends it with the zinger. Her solution will come from the people that love and care for her. I know that's not your speciality, dad. Yeah. 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 
And he, the cute. way he delivered that was really good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then quickly, we're going to go up to Andy's room. Andy and Pacey are in there. Um, and they're just sort of talking about, like, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, and Pacey is like, we shouldn't just sit here, like, waiting for Dawn to come. You know what I mean? Right. And Andy's like, we could study for your finals. We could huh? study for your finals. Um, and, but no, he's like, we're going to go on a date. I'm going to take you out and, you know, you can get dressed. <laughs> we can get all dressed up and go to a movie and like try and spend what might be our last time or last moments together. Like, you know, nicely. Yeah. Which I'm of two minds. I think that is a good point. Like, I think that's a much better idea than just sitting there, like overcome with sadness and misery, but also like. I don't know. Andy is sort of like, I don't know. And he has to kind of like push her into it. And I just feel like if I was about to be torn away from everything I knew and I was also going through like a really big mental health crisis, I just don't know if I would have it in me to like get dressed up and go out on the town. Like that feels like kind of a big ask. Totally. And like she, yeah, in this scene, she seems very not into it. And then later, once she's made her decision, she is into it. So it's sort of like, okay, so... She just can't focus on him right now. She, like, has too much going on. And then once she sort of figures out what she's going to do, then she's excited to be around him because she has, like, mental room for him. Right. Yeah. But anyway. So that's where we leave these two. Uh, We're going to go back to Dawson and Mr. Potter talking about uh, Mr. Potter's lowest point. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because we know he cheated, but that doesn't come up in any of these interviews. It's all about the drug dealing. Like, he says specifically, like, Joey's mom was getting worse. Bills Mm -hmm. were mounting. So I had to, like, stick it in something warm and wet (laughs) just to, like, get through that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this happened in Gossip Girl uh, where they, the, the, the writers of the show wrote a character too dastardly and then they had to like pull it back and Mm -hmm. it it in the show they just sort of conveniently forget because in the first season of gossip girl chuck the character chuck like tries to date rape somebody or like uh roofie somebody i shouldn't say i don't know he tries to roofie somebody it doesn't work or or i forget but he doesn't end up actually doing it um, not because he chooses not to, but like another reason. Okay. He just fails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then throughout this rest of the series, like they start using the character more and they set up like this um, long love arc t- story uh, mm-hmm. between him and another character. And like, so you kind of are rooting for him and it just like took on a life of its own. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what happened to Mr. Potter. It's like they started off, they went too dark too fast. And like in the beginning they were like, yeah. And he also cheated on her and he's terrible and he's in jail. And now that he's out of jail, they kind of have to be like, oh, well, he's not that bad. (laughs) He just trafficked marijuana. Right. And now of course they're going to push him right back into that. Well, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's really interesting to see the, uh, the writers of Dawson's Creek try and like grapple with what, dealing drugs is and why someone would be like pushed to that level because I think there could be a lot of very complicated and like pretty valid reasons why someone would like feel like they needed to do that to survive um like maybe they couldn't get a job because of like a criminal like conviction in their past and it's really hard to get a job in that case or just like a lot of really good reasons but he says uh like why else would someone make the idiotic decision to risk everything for the almighty buck. And it's just like, I don't think the majority of people who 
deal drugs. Like, I'm sure there are people who are, like, high flyers, but I'm pretty sure that most people, most of the people who deal drugs as a living do it out of, like, desperation and because they need to, not because it's, like, I'm going to risk it all for the almighty buck, baby. <laughs> baby. Right. Well, also, like, the people that end up dealing drugs for those purposes are usually already around drugs, I feel. Like, they right. already have access to drugs. So, like, what were you doing? Like... I feel like, uh, what's that other show? Breaking Bad is the story of somebody who's, like, not into drugs, getting into selling drugs. I only saw mm-hmm. the first season. Getting into selling drugs because of healthcare issues. Good. And, yeah. but that's, like, he has to, like, go through a process to start selling drugs. Like, he can't just call up Drugs Are Us <laughs> and be <laughs> do like. Do you think they got the idea from the show? Like, someone who's driven to yes. do drugs, to sell drugs <laughs> by, because of medical bills? I'm pretty sure that Breaking Bad <laughs> is a spinoff of Mr. Potter. Sure, 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 sure. Anyway, sorry. So, this is when Joey jumps in and is like, Dad, didn't you say you'd, like, bring Bessie dinner? So, we got to mention her once this episode, but not see her. <laughs> um, and then she, like, kind of gets mad at Dawson, even though, as you said, she should have known this was the line of questioning. Um, and that she feels like, you know, he's bringing up the, like, worst part of her dad's life and he just doesn't need to be, like, going through that. Um, and we end, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about, like, her speech to him, but we end on the most pathetic admission from Dawson. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, this is, like, uncomfortable how how much he just like I think you said prostrates before so I think I'm stealing that from you but like prostrates himself because she's sort of like why don't you like turn the camera on yourself and talk about your changes this year like why do you have to make it someone else and he says because I'm afraid okay I'm afraid that I'm not enough for you and I never will be and if I do this you'll realize that you've grown way beyond me and I'm just (laughs) gonna lose you again (laughs) yeah this was one of those Dawson's Creek uh things in a this is one of those things in an episode of Dawson's Creek where they like introduce a plot line that I feel like we weren't talking about <laughs> like, yeah 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 uh-huh. we're like two-thirds of the way through this episode and Dawson's been on like on a different episode than we have this whole time <laughs> like, yep yep like I thought we were all getting along it seemed like you were like building this thing and she was like hot for you right. in your you know your white t-shirt and your moolery and all of a sudden he's like, I can't interview myself because I'm afraid. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like maybe if I'm really stretching to try and help the writers, maybe that first part where he's talking about his like nemesis, Miss Kennedy is supposed to be like, he feels like his movie is maybe bad. So everything he prides himself on is bad, maybe. But we've really gotten like nothing to nothing, imply that. Nothing. That's a lot of work to do for the writers. And we do yeah. a lot of work for the writers. <laughs> oh, we should be listed on IMDb. We should. Um, so anyway, yeah. And and because it comes out of nowhere, I feel like that makes it all the more embarrassing. Because we, we, nothing was building towards this. It's just like all of a sudden he's like, no, oh, because I'm afraid that you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were like, uh, they they were like, okay, we already have Joey and Dawson having this fight about her dad. It needs a little something extra, a little bit, mm-hmm. a little just sprinkle, sprinkle. What, what <laughs> should we put in there? Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of pepper, a little paprika. It needs a little, <laughs> a little grind something. the spice in there, baby. Where's the umami flav? <laughs> Um, so then we go. This is the scene that I thought was really interesting when Jack uh-huh. and Andy have this talk in her bedroom and. Like, it almost seems like, like, if we didn't know she was going to get treatment tomorrow, I would be thinking this was, like, revving us up for another, like, 
another episode of like her being in a really bad mental place because she has this like weird calmness about her when she's talking about leaving and how they're so basically she's getting ready for the date and like getting dolled up and she tells Jack that her dad the dad said that she could decide what she Mm -hmm. wanted to do but she's not sure and Jack is really like taken aback yeah and again like so the last time we saw Andy in this episode she was like very apprehensive like hugging a stuffed animal and you know trying like very downtrodden And when we see her in this scene, she's, like, putting on lipstick and, like, getting dolled up to go on this date, we assume. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is very different. And then just because I, I at first, also thought that she was, like, revving into a manic episode or another delusion because we don't see her talk to Daddy. And she's just like, I talk to Daddy. And and if I want to stay, I can. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) That happened fast. Um. But the conversation that these two have is more like, uh, yeah, Andy's like, dad said, if I want to stay, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jack's like, well, that's amazing. And Andy's like, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we sort of figure out, Andy's like, you know, I'm not getting better here. Uh, I actually do think that I need, like, the extra help for my mental health. And I'm not sure that I can you know, get that here, which makes complete sense to me. And totally. the difference is, is that she's made this decision. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, like I, I understand how she's just like, there's too much going on here and I need to step away from it to deal with right. this genetic, uh, you know, mental health yeah. problem. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Like the choice is what makes it, gives her this like calm and zen about it mm-hmm. um and i don't love the way that she refers to like not wanting to be a burden on pacey and jack but i do think it is really healthy that she's like a number one i need like more intensive stuff and like kind of what you said like i need to step away from like, can't be in this really intense relationship where i'm not even saying it's like unhealthy but just where the other person puts so much on me of like you saved me andy like mm-hmm. that's a lot to be juggling along with like a very intense mental health rehabilitation Totally. Yeah. And like she, how is she going to be able to focus on herself in the ways that she's going to need to when she also has to sort of juggle that very intense relationship and that very intense, uh, you know, and wonderful connection that she has with this person. But like, that's a lot to deal with. Um, Which doesn't mean that one couldn't do both things. It's just the decision that she's made to not try and tackle both those things is also like super relevant. Yeah. And I can also I can see the the value of like just having a reset of like, okay, not dealing with school, I'm not dealing with my old friends, I'm just like can focus totally on what I need to do. Right. Which, you know, I, talking as a person in the real world, <laughs> um that is so because so many so much of our what I would consider to be our like cumulative mental health for ourselves. Mm-hmm. is um, responses to our environment and, mm-hmm. you know, the the lives that we, that partially that we build around us, but also partially just sort of happen to us. Right. And so it's, I think those breaks and kind of in a similar way, that's what like people, when they want to do a gap year after college or like when you mm-hmm. went to the Peace Corps, like it can be good to sort of be like, 
if I didn't have any of these responsibilities that I have right now, like what would my choices be? Um, and right. sort of have the freedom to, I'm like extrapolating really big here, but I don't know. That just occurred to me of like something that right. is true. We get a very short heartbreaking Jen scene. Oh yeah. Jen sort of climbs the stairs uh, into their, uh, Grams's, you know, little, uh, uh, what is that porch thing? Yeah. Um, and she's like standing in front of the door. And it's like, is she going to knock? Is she going to go inside? And she doesn't end up knocking. She just sort of like says to herself, bye grams. And then walks away, which is very sad. We get like a zoom in on the lace curtains. <laughs> like grams is back there behind her <laughs> lace curtains. I know. It's uh, it is sad. And we're going to go back to Dawson using the quote level thingy. <laughs> also known but now as he did level. it. He knows how it works. And he gets some uh, manly validation from Mr. Porta. Yeah. He's like, you're getting the hang of it. Good work, son. <laughs> um, and Dawson kind of apologizes for making him dredge up all that stuff. And he's sort of like, eh, it's not like I don't think about it every day anyway. So yeah, that's eh, fine. I mean, good. You, sh- you should think about it every day. Yes, it's like very sure. fresh. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is also when he says, like, I'm not sure I have changed. Try and do my best every day, you know? Right. Uh, then Joey walks in. Mr. Potter's like, I'm going to take a walk. And so he leaves. <laughs> you guys make out in somebody's elbow. <laughs> you guys find a patron to make out on top of. <laughs> um, and Dawson, again, like, I, I felt like uh, uh, there we I suddenly was part of a different episode. Dawson's like, I probably shouldn't have laid it all out there like that. I'm a little embarrassed. You should be a lot embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, where, that was that, pathetic. where did that come from, my dude? Um, uh, whatever. Joey's like, it's fine. You know, uh, my life isn't perfect. Um, but it basically is. But it basically is like you you know you complete me whatever whatever blah 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 <laughs> right just like i have my dad the business is going well and like most importantly i have you if there was a white picket fence it'd be like a fairy tale <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 she says i love you and i believe in you and i'm so proud of you and i'm not only proud of you but i'm proud to be with you and i was just like well gosh i sure hope this isn't building up into some like wild dramatic breakup am i right ladies <laughs> yeah that'd be terrible that'd be anyway. awful I do like she teases him and is like, you could be a great carpenter one day. And he's like, you are mocking me. He asks, I like but it's like, too. you are mocking me. That was <laughs> sweet. Um, we go into the scene where Jack approaches uh, Daddy McPhee in his office. But all I need to say about it is in the office, first thing we see is a deer head. And I just wrote deer head, deer head, men, men, men. Yes, I wrote this is quite the man study for men. <laughs> Incredible. They also uh, added a, t- uh, a grandfather clock in post because they really wanted you to know that this is a masculine man study. <laughs> That's incredible. Because you can notice I also, TikTok in the back. I didn't notice that, but I did notice another like sound uh, like Foley thing later. So I'm glad we both have our eye on different soundscapes. <laughs> um, and this is where Daddy McPhee is like, you want me to leave you here alone at 17? And it's like, you've been doing that. Yeah, sir. right. This is not new what do you think like the mom was taking care of them like uh-uh. ha um yeah and then we get a little bit more into like uh, you know i'm sorry what's wrong with you is so wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> he says with your mother's illness andy's problems and even tim's death 
there I could find reasons. But uh, with you, I feel like I'm to blame. And it's like, who do you blame for these other things? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Right. And and uh, Daddy's like, if I'd only been around more. It's like, yeah, you're right. That's what makes a queer bow. <laughs> sure. Of course. Of course. And he also says, like, because he's talking about, you know, I guess, like, ex-gay people. And Jack's sort of like, I'm skeptical of, of those changes, quote unquote. And he's like, how do you know unless you try? And it's like, you saw him, like, actively wrestling with this, like, the first time you dropped in. Like, clearly, he's tried. Like, yeah. His whole adolescence up to now was the trying, and it didn't work. So right. he tried. Right. He's been trying. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a very frank conversation between the two of them about conversion therapy, which, like, kind of blew my mind. Like, Jack's not yeah. happy about it, but I've never seen it, like, represented in such a relatively calm fashion where jack's like no i'm not gonna try that and his dad's like but it could work he's like uh that's not the point (laughs) yeah 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 i'm not gonna be happy on your terms whereas i would be like i'm running away because i'm scared but i'm gonna you're gonna like ship me off but i guess pacey's like i could just punch you in your like polo shirt gut and escape so i'm not scared (laughs) you just said pacey which is very funny to me I was looking at my neck because the next scene has Pacey and I was looking at the word Pacey. It does. They go to their date and they go to the same place where they first danced and kissed. And stop right there because we have got to talk about Pacey's shirt immediately. Oh my god, it's incredible. (laughs) I believe it is a burnout velour button down with a silver uh like um oh what's that thing called like what's this like a swirly paisley kind of a look yeah i think there's like a green tinge to it mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. it's truly incredible and he also looks like 105 years old yeah, i'm sorry but this hair is not a good look no um i just want to know when the last time you saw a velour button down was <laughs> Unfortunately, never. And if Mike doesn't get it together, he'll never satisfy me. Uh, I'm just going to message him on Facebook so he knows what he needs to do. Fancy shirt, winky face. <laughs> um, They have like a cute moment where she's like, when we first kissed, like my knees were shaking and Pacey's like, my heart, ba-boom, 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 which like sounds weird, but he makes it like charming. Yeah. But then he says, read their first kiss. I died and went to heaven that day. Which, again, I was like, Pacey, it's probably for your own good that you're getting some distance. Like, I think there needs to be a little reeling back here just for, like, everyone's health. Like, I don't think you're bad. I don't think it's, like, abusive or anything. But I just think, like, everyone needs some space from this relationship. Yeah. Maybe just cool it just, like, a little bit. All the guys in this episode, like Dawson, too. Everyone needs to just take a moment. Except for Jack, of course. Jack's cool is cute. But even, like, Mr. Potter is like, how could I ever be forgiven? (laughs) But Pacey and Dawson are, and, and, uh, and, yeah, Mr. Potter, everyone's a little, all the men are a little intense. Yeah. Yeah, so they, like, dance, and she's like, no goodbyes. And Pacey's like, no goodbyes. Oh, yeah, because she tells Pacey that she's gonna leave. Right. Um, And she's, like, sad about it, but she, you know, thinks it's the right decision, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And I did say, I, I did want to say that, like, uh, yeah, Andy tells Andy tells him that she's going to leave. 
and uh you know she's been struggling with this decision and blah 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 but it's the right thing to do and pacey just sort of says like i know and i i was proud of him for not fighting her on that because i was worried that he was gonna like try to keep them together um or be like angry that she was giving up or something right giving up is the perfect way to put it of like you know don't give up on me like we can make this work i can fix you um yeah and i'm glad he didn't do that (laughs) for sure for sure i think that's where it keeps it in being like realistic to a teen but not like a shitty teen right yeah Next is an incredible scene. <laughs> I'm so glad we're continuing the theme of the women in the show wearing like childlike matching pajama sets. I know. Um, Dawson or Joey wakes up and Dawson's just like in her room. <laughs> um, and he takes her, he closes her eyes or like whatever, you know, yeah. asks her to close her eyes. And, um, go they go downstairs and he shows like whatever one two three open your eyes and he built her a white picket fence but it's like i really liked that it's not the entire white picket fence it's like basically a prop and it's in the middle of the lawn (laughs) bessie's gonna shit a brick it's in the middle of the lawn it is not on the property line i really like I like that so much more than if he had built an entire yes. white picket fence. I just for sure it's so realistic and like it took him all night to make that like three feet of fence. Yeah, and it's like propped up, <laughs> like yep. it's not even in the ground because he of course yep. of course he doesn't know how to make a fence. <laughs> Who would? He's like a sixteen-year-old movie nerd. <laughs> He knows how to make a prop fence, which is why it's propped up like old westerns where it's like the facade. Right, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I love it. Whatever. He's like, it'll take me the rest of the summer to finish the whole thing, this whole prop fence. But Right. And she's uh, like, oh, yeah, watching you out here sweating over the fence. And I could like slick your hair back and (laughs) give you that rebel look. (laughs) You crawl in my window, huh? Okay, so what he says is maybe it's time I start climbing in your window for a change, huh? And again, we've talked about this before. The way he says it is filthy. It's <laughs> yep, so yep. dirty. Yep. This is like the hymn that was in, um, what's that movie called that's really gross that he's in that's like so depressing about We've talked kids. about this so many times. I think it's called Rules of Attraction. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's like that character peeking through of like, ew, yeah. everything you say is disgusting. <laughs> and she's like into it, don't get me wrong, but I was just like, there's a couple things that they, yeah. especially these two specifically, have said between each other that's like, oh my god, these two are gonna fuck. Yep, yep, it's gonna be filthy. <laughs> Um, and then we're going to go to Jack running through the crowds at the bus station. (laughs) Okay, this is where I had a Foley comment because you kind of, especially I was listening on my like AirPods. So like every sound was like inside my brain. Mm -hmm. But, um, the like ADR that they've added of people being like, wait up, got my ticket. (laughs) They've also added this incredibly loud coughing, which I was finding like very triggering in this our time of COVID. So like there was like three instances where everything was sort of like, (laughs) it's like god damn it stop it (laughs) oh my goodness yeah jack is running through the crowds trying to find what turns out to be jen who's like standing in line as her bus is about to leave it's very like rom-com the way he's like running to to get her before she yeah leaves it's like the classic airport run but it's for a right yeah that classic bus run (laughs) 
Um, so Jack's sort of like, you know, you didn't think that you could leave without a send off. And Jen's like, well, you just missed the parade. It just left. <laughs> um, and Jack says, it looks like your parents said yes about you coming and living with them. And she's like, no. <laughs> and she like almost cries. It's so sad. She's it's so sad. Uh, so yeah, she called her mom and the mom informed me that now is not a good time for me to re-enter her life. And my dad said he's still getting over my last stay with them. I told them I was different and that I wouldn't be a worry this time. They asked if I was just, if this was just a ploy to get more money every month. May I say once more, she's been thrown out of her grandmother's house. She has nowhere to live. Yes. Yep. Like This, this is what I, this would be like. Maybe I don't understand taking this step if she'd been, like, lighting your house on fire. Right. And, like, trying to kill her sibling. Right. Sure. That's one thing. But she had, like, she did some drugs and had underage sex. Like, okay. (sighs) God. Anyway, now she's on the street, so. (laughs) She's Um, literally just, like, going to a random destination on a bus. Right. She says, I don't need them as my destination. If I'm going to leave Capeside, then what's holding me back and Jack says, you don't have another place to go. And Jen, Jen says, oh, I've got every place to go. There's just nobody there. Oh, my uh, God. That's dark. It's dark. I'm so fucking sad just saying that. Yeah. And Jack comes in with, like, at first I was confused about where he was going because he's talking about his mom and, like, whether she could understand what's going on. But then he goes into this nice speech about, like, how their parents should love them unconditionally. And, like, sadly, most parents don't. But it hurts. But it's worse for the parents. Like, it's mm. worth, worse to be incapable of loving than to not be loved. Which I think is, like, good enough. I think is what Jen – like, it's good enough for Jen to have something to cling to. And not feel like yeah. she's the problem in the situation. And I think it really establish, establishes a link between these two. True. Um, yeah. You know, it's a reason for them to be drawn together, like, especially because uh, they've both been sort of abandoned by their family. Good point. Good point. Uh, Jen is also uh, approaching a mullet. Sorry. I just really have oh, to get yes. that out there. The no, hair is growing out in a mullety way. But still, like, oh, God, she's like the most beautiful person in the world. <laughs> yes. She's just yep. so gorgeous. Even in like um, a weird sweater set. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they're, 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 they have forged a connection here, Jack and Jen, and Jack is going to take, uh, Jen back to his big empty house and they're yep. going to be roommates, which is very nice. Yeah, that's sweet. I liked, um, earlier when he was talking to his dad, his dad said something and, and Jack was like, I don't care about the house. And I was like, oh, like Zoe, Jack hates this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at the gay meetings, we decided <laughs> that we hate Jack's house. We hate Manor McPhee. Uh, and that's so nice. We're going to burn it to the ground. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, speaking about locations that may someday get burned to the ground. I don't know. Um, we go back to the icy house. I love this scene so much. Dawson clomps and is like, Mr. Potter, your tools. And like no one hears him. He walks to the back and he sees Pete delivering a vase that is full of cocaine. And ADR, we hear Pete say, let the good times roll. <laughs> It's incredible. The face that Mr. Potter is giving while he looks at the cocaine is like, I don't even, I can't even describe it. It's sort of like, yeah, that's some good cocaine. Like, he's not excited about it. He's just like, "Mm, yes, the cocaine is here. And the bag kind of looks like it's full of, like, 
um, talcum powder and rice. Like it, it doesn't look is. doesn't look finely ground. That 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 cocaine is cut with some rice. I tell you what. <laughs> um, and Dawson just sort of like backs out and like. Joey sees him and is like, let me put down this tray of candles I'm carrying. Mm-hmm. What's up? And he's like, nothing's wrong. Nothing. I lo- I'm love. i fine. Hello. Let's make out. Yeah. Your life isn't about to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the goodbye scene between Andy and Jack and then Andy and Pacey. Um, and I don't know. It's sweet. Um, I don't really have anything to say about it. Me neither. I like that Mr. McPhee says to you, Jack, I'm not the best father. I know that. Like, I think that's the best thing he could say at this point. Yeah. And, like, not force him to go to conversion therapy. Those are both <laughs> the two things he can do. Yeah, there you go. Um, I do like the way, even though I think Pacey's being a little little much in this episode, I like the way that he, like, huskily says to Andy, like, then hurry, like, get well. Mm-hmm. Then hurry back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's that hot, was, for sure. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty dang good yeah they hug and then andy gets in the car car pulls away and i hope you ordered a montage because that is what waitress joey is bringing to your table (laughs) yeah it's fine dawson is doing like the voiceover in our head uh get out of there and he's talking about get out of there he's talking about casablanca bogart's character in casablanca um at the end he's the quote lonely tough guy that he always was and we see pacey and it's like okay i guess yeah yeah sure um his decisions didn't change him nor did his actions we see and jack having a great time eating ice cream their decisions and actions have led them to an amazing place where they're watching tv together as best friends so cute whatever and then we see mr potter sitting looking depressed um and then we're back into dawson's room joey's asleep on the bed and he's like if bogart really wanted to change he wouldn't have sent his love away but held on to her for dear life because i think love is change looks at joey who's asleep on the bed or at least I hope so. <laughs> Gross. Um, what? <laughs> makes no sense. I also, I, so Casablanca is my dad's favorite movie. I know it's not very original. Wow. But I called him. I got him on the horn. And I was like, dad, remind me like what the end of Casablanca is. Like, why does he let her go? And he's like, oh, well, it's because he knows that she'll be happier with her husband. So that's good. And he knows, she, he knows that her husband can't do his anti-Nazi work without her. So Bogart is like, go with your husband to fight the Nazis. And Dawson is like, no, 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 hold her close. Don't <laughs> let her go. So I just want to point out that Dawson has not gotten the point of this film at all. <laughs> if I'm- it was up to Dawson, the fascists would win for heterosexuality. <laughs> I personally am shocked to hear this news. <laughs> Have you ever so seen? Thank you, Chris Ray. Have you ever seen Casablanca? Of course. It was never one of my faves. I'm surprised that it's Chris Reeve's number one fave. I think he likes it because it's like a man full love, but then with sacrifice to fight Nazis. Like, it's like everything that he wants. And it has a lot of, like, lines where you're like, can you believe they said, come on. Who thinks of this stuff? He was like, did you know that's where the line, the usual, round up the usual suspects, it's from this movie. That's where it's from. (laughs) That's where it's from. The end. (laughs) I wish he really talked like that. <laughs> that would be incredible. No, it was actually like I called and he was confused and didn't know what speaker to speak into. I was like, Gab, did you call me? And it's like, I'm I'm calling you right now. We're talking. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Um, so that is episode or season two, episode twenty one. The Jennifer Lindley Punishment Watch is clocking in at a three out of six sad faces. Um, mm. This is a low rating, even though there's a lot of punishment in this episode. What with like every single adult in Jen's life completely abandoning her, right? But I only gave it a three on the scale because Jen does solidify her relationship with Jack, which like, you know spoilers is the most important relationship in either of their stories and For also sure. the love of her life. So yeah. And like, that's such a happy last shot of her, like with her new roomie right. having a great time. Right. So like, that's why it, it, this episode earns a three out of six because some good, really good, genuinely good stuff did happen to her. Yeah. The Joey Potter radiometer is also low. It's at a DEFCON 5. Um, Joey got mad that Dawson obviously probed too deep into Mr. Potter's, like, recent past. (laughs) But, (laughs) probed. But with a past like Mr. Potter's, it's, like, hard to avoid. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, We just talked about it, the last picture show of Casablanca. That was all I, that was all I spied with my little eye. But it was a major Um, one, a major theme. It was a major theme. It was a, an entire final um do you have any i think i have a life lesson if you want a second to think let me let me thank you go see i believe that all the mysteries of the universe all the answers to life's questions can be found in a spielberg film okay uh, my life lesson is that while it might seem like cool and romantic as a teen to like have your relationship be really fraught and have your whole identity like really wrapped up in another person like IRL it's way better to have a relationship where you're both complete whole people and your relationship makes you feel mostly like you know you're humans everyone's gonna have some weird stuff but like mostly makes you feel like happy and fulfilled and not like a a tr- like a an imposter who's gonna be caught out at any moment yeah totally it's it's you want to aim for feeling grateful instead of like anxious that you could lose this person for sure uh you know and like how that will potentially end your entire in pace's case what he feels is his like entire identity right um my life lesson um, watch out for coffee tables <laughs> i mean that's and that's a hard learned lesson let me tell you <laughs> haven't gotten the bill for that lesson yet well that'll be great oh um, 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 I don't know. I guess just that. So don't start selling drugs to pay your medical bills. Sorry, go on. <laughs> That's far too late. Uh, right, Ariel? Wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 okay, wait, 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 wait. Oh, uh, your ability to make your own decisions about your life can be the difference between, um, you know, the outcome can be the same thing. Andy was always going to leave. The difference was in whether she was being forced to leave or she left or she was given the space to consider what the right decision is for everybody involved. And because she got that, you know, she was able to, because her dad like trusted her in that way to make the right decision. She did make the right decision. (laughs) I, I mean, for her. Yes, for sure. And that's, I think that's a big, you know, I'm not a parent, but I think that's a big deal. (laughs) I think that's a good life lesson. Wow. Thanks so much, Gab. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you want to hear us kiss each other more, you can follow our Instagram at Dawson's Creeps. And if you prefer words instead of pictures, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter. We're at Dawson's underscore creeps. 
Uh, on Spotify, we have a playlist, Dawson's Creeps, Do You Want to Dance Tomorrow, where I post some of these, uh, as though we put it, mid-tier 90s hits, which I totally <laughs> agree with. Um, and also our podcast is on there, but like, delay. Uh, and I think last time we put out a request for uh, reviews that is still relevant. Please tell everyone you know about our podcast. Do not stop telling them until they promise them they'll listen. <laughs> Uh, and re- rating and reviewing really helps other people find us. And then you'll have more friends to scream about Dawson's Creek with on Twitter. And isn't that the goal? All of our goals. Um, that's the end game. That's the end game. So please do that. And until next time. Oh, uh, the next episode is the last, I think, of season two, right? What? Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, we're almost on season three. Everyone's favorite season. I'm so happy i'm so excited for season three i cannot wait it's gonna be very cool like no spoilers but we lead with the boat job like oh that's like in the first few episodes (laughs) specifically dawson's critique was like i can't wait until dawson's creeps gets to this character i was like i love it we have so much to say it's so good so yeah here's to saying more later goodbye